We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Maps Step Back Podcast. Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning, ball in the airline center, we about to get litty, Luca carrying a torch, Borden jumped up off the porch, how you reckon with his force, third season in the game, and he a legend by his fourth, look, after dirt, now the king of Dallas, airline serving as the palace, young team and it's full of talent, want revenge, we accept the challenge, Luca carrying a legacy, what it take to be an MVP, being great, know it cost a fee, know it really Really ain't that hard to see. Hold on, wait. Silence the critics, cause they never did it. Pass out Jordan, I woke up the city. Map shoot hot like we straight out the chimney. Go back to Batman, I'm calling them Drizzy. Both triple doubles, I'm waiting on 50. Step back smoother, you know it's so filthy. If I get down on my team, gonna lift me. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left that. No, we gotta get back. No, we gotta get back. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left that. No, we gotta get back. Like, no, we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 All right, guys, welcome into another episode of Mavs Step Back Live. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague, Matt Glatson. And tonight, the Mavs beat uh, the Miami Heat 127-113. to uh, You know, Luka, he, he had 23 points. I believe it was 12 rebounds, 8 assists. But, y'all, Tim Hardaway Jr., he was incredible in this game. He... Uh, he hit 10 threes, 10 of 18 from three, finished with uh, 36 points, 13 of 24 overall uh, in 33 minutes for the Mavs. He was he was absolutely on fire. Uh, 
Uh, and you love to see him kind of catching his rhythm, getting his rhythm back uh, like this before the postseason starts. So that was great. It was a huge game for both teams because both are trying to avoid the, the play-in tournament. And uh, the Mavs, by winning, you know, the Portland Trailblazers lost last night to the Hawks and uh, the Lakers won. So now there's just a two-way tie for the fifth seed and the Mavs have the tiebreaker over uh, the Lakers. So they reclaim the fifth seed for now uh, in the Western Conference. So very encouraging stuff uh, from the Mavs, especially after that horrible Kings loss. Uh, well, three of them in the last 14 days. <laughs> so, if you if you take that out of the way, you know the Mavs are what eight no in their last eight games that they don't play the Kings. <laughs> so, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. So, Matt, just I mean, what what's your uh, what's your initial takeaway from what you what you watched tonight uh, outside of that that horrible start? Uh couple things one can we just fly tim hardaway jr's family to every single game right <laughs> he's got 78 points in his last two starts and he had family present at both games <laughs> yeah yeah i mean he, he he loves miami you know that's home to him so i mean i it, it seems like that's the case every time he's he has fam- especially tim hardaway senior if he's in attendance you can almost bank on it uh, he's going to show out. So all I can say is they better have Tim Hardaway Sr. at every playoff game because I don't think he was there in the bubble last year. I think it was his grandmother that was there tonight, wasn't it? Or was his dad there too? I didn't see his dad. I think it was just his grandmother. But regardless, way. You know, regardless, get all of THJ's family to the to the Mavs playoff games this year. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my second one is what on earth are the Heat doing starting Andre Iguodala and Trevor Ariza at the same time? That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> Andre Iguodala, the guy that everybody was pining for a couple years ago, who had zero points on the O of two shooting in twenty two minutes and was minus nine. If it, if it was about five years ago, it'd make more sense. But yeah. uh, you know, they are they they were missing Tyler Hero and uh, a couple other guys tonight too. But yeah, that that worked out well for the Mavs. Uh, well. Look, I, Christian, I'll have you on here in, uh, in, in a second. But one thing I wanted to mention, and everybody was talking about it during the game too, but Josh Green, uh, he, he really showed how he can be valuable to this team going forward. He plus is 17. Plus 17. You know, he, he didn't score a bunch or anything like that, but his energy is infectious. Uh, he's quite possibly the Mavs. Uh, second or third best on-ball defender. Uh, he's definitely an underrated passer. Like, I've seen enough from him this year, uh, passing-wise, especially to the corner, that, you know, it really excites me for his potential going for- going forward. So, uh, it was great to see him, you know, get injected into the game there. And he made a really big difference. And once the Mavs went up uh, big, they never let it go. So, it was great to see the rookie uh, get some meaningful minutes and contribute to a very, very big win late in the season. So I was I was ecstatic about that. Christian, how you doing tonight, man? I'm good. How you guys doing? Doing great. It's it's always <laughs> it's always a good night when the the Mavs get a big win and 
they definitely needed that one after the after that Kings game. Like I'm I'm thoroughly convinced now that the Kings just have something over the Mavs. Like they they've played so well. Uh, over this last stretch of games, except for when they play the Kings. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but they got the big win, and, and that's all that matters. Can you imagine how, how – sorry, Christian, I'll let you talk in one second. But can you imagine what things would be like right now if they didn't lose to the freaking Kings? How different things uh, they, would be they right might, now? <laughs> they, they'd probably have a, a decent cushion – on the fifth seed, uh, with with a, you know what seven eight games left, so I don't know. It it is what it is. I'm just glad we don't have to see Sacramento again the rest of the year. Yeah, go ahead, Christian. Yeah, I mean, I I just think when the game started tonight, it kind of reminded me of, I guess, all three Kings games, but just the energy on getting out to the three point line. I think Ariza hit what like four threes and two minutes um and i i was like oh my god here we go again and <laughs> you know getting on to josh green i mean really if he can even be like a at least in the interim till his shot really develops if he can even be like a uh i guess poor man's tony allen that can pass like i'd be more than happy with yeah well he's definitely got i mean he's he's got potential in my opinion, to be more than that. But I agree, if at, at minimum, you know, if he can just become that, he's shown what he can do defensively. It's just, uh, he's just a, he's a consistent jump shot away from getting, you know, consistent minutes from Carlisle, which, you know, I mentioned this earlier today, guys. I don't understand the the logic other than, you know, seniority. I don't understand the logic sometimes how they're so hard-headed about starting Josh Richardson, uh, you know, when he has just absolutely horrible offensive games. You know, he was okay tonight. Uh, you know, he, he was 6 of 11 from the field, uh, 3 of 5 from 3, had 17 points. That's fine. But there's some games where he's just he's just awful. And we saw it here recently when uh, it was the Wizards game when he got benched to start the fourth and they put Trey Burke in there instead of uh, – Josh Richardson, and they immediately came back from down eight <laughs> to, to take the take the lead, and uh, well, not take the lead, but uh, at the very end, Dorian Finney-Smith hit a clutch three, and they ended up winning that game. So, and that was the game-changing moment when they inserted Burke for Josh. I mean, yeah, Josh Richardson. So that's my thing, you know. Yeah, Josh Green, he's he's not good offensively right now, but. He plays so hard defensively. He's so good at, you know, the little things and bringing energy, and he's shown he can pass and everything too. Why not give him some more run, even if it's just, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a game uh, and, you know, shorten Josh Richardson's minutes a little bit. So that's where I'm at. I just don't see the – I don't see how they rationalize keeping Josh in the starting lineup as much as they have – given some of his bad performances, but, you know, the knock on green, the reason he's not getting just, you know, any rotation minutes is because he can't shoot the ball. It just, it doesn't make sense to me, guys. Please make it make sense. Um, Maybe it's the thing that, uh, that they're just determined to make it work with Josh uh, Richardson because, because, um, you know, they, they traded Seth and they're, they're desperate to prove that that it's, you know, 
that they want it to work. Um, I mean, that, theoretically, it was a good move on paper, but it just hasn't worked out. And yeah, they, I, I mean, look, look, you, that, that's, that's one thing we can't really knock the Mavs for. There, I mean, they had the right idea. It's just I don't think they, I don't think anybody anticipated that trading Seth Curry would hurt the offense as much as it did early on and uh, that Josh Richardson would be shooting a career low from three this year. I don't think anybody <laughs> I don't think anybody saw that happening uh, with Richardson having more space than what he has up to this point in his career. So, uh, Yeah. I, I was just going to say, too, like, I, I completely agree with what you guys said. Like, I, when the trade happened, I was like, this absolutely makes sense. And then – I, I'm wondering what you guys think because he was almost like effectively a bench player tonight, and it seems he played rather well. And I, I just think that that's the move to make because he did play. You know, when you're going against another team's bench, you're playing guys. You know, not as great, and it just seems uh, that that's the right move to make, um, given the fact that he seemed to play well. Um, with the bench guys, and I think, um, you know, making giving the start to someone else might present some difficulty given Carlisle's reluctance to, uh, you know, give him minutes. But I think Josh played Josh Richardson, that is, and I'm getting those uh, twisted, but Josh Richardson should play on the bench. What- yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think he, the more he can play with the uh, with the bench unit, uh, the better off I think the team will be for it, and if they can limit his minutes going forward, uh, because in small doses, you know, he's he's fine. But it's it's like a lot of the players on this team right now. You can get overextended pretty quick, and uh, you know, they end up looking really bad. But I, I do like the way Josh looks with the second unit. Matt, what do you think about the idea of, you know, even if they don't bench Richardson, just bring him off the bench with the second unit and play him with with uh, Jalen Brunson and, and those guys more than the starters? Well, who do you slide in the starting lineup, Tim? <sighs> probably. Uh, that, that, that would be the more uh, – that's what I would probably do at this point because, honestly, I like it when Jalen Brunson plays with Luka as a starter, but – uh, you know, then then you take away from that second unit as far as guys who can create their own shot and, you know, get to the rim and everything. So, and Tim Hardaway Jr. has shown he can be amazing as a starter too. So that, that's probably the way I would go. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point. It's just that that also kind of scares me in, this, in the sense of, of losing that offensive firepower off of the bench because um, – Without him on the bench, there's not a lot of scoring. I mean, yeah, they've got JJ, yeah, they've got they've got Jalen Brunson, but um, Tim's <laughs> Tim's been pretty special in the six man role this year, in my opinion. So um, losing that extra scoring punch off the bench would be tough. It, it, you're just in a weird position because you don't want to have Josh in the starting lineup. You don't want to have you know. Or in my opinion, I don't think you want to have Tim as an every night starter. Every once in a while, I think it's fine, um, but I, I just think he's too critical to the second unit scoring to make that a, a permanent thing. Yeah. Um, I, I could be wrong. I mean, you know, he did start for a while when he was here, and he was you know pretty good at it. But I, I always thought that he got better um, and more efficient when he got moved to the six man role. 
Um, but yeah, yeah that's just and, me. And uh, another thing here, and I mean this this might branch off into another discussion all to itself, but tonight, aside from the Kings games, but you know tonight it just it went to show you again how much better the Mavs can be defensively. Uh, I know they gave up a, a handful of points there at the end to make make it look a little bit more respectable uh, for Miami, but you know they they typically play better without KP defensively if KP is not fully healthy or disengaged. You know they, if KP even if KP is playing, if he's if his head isn't in it and he's not willing to do the dirty work, then it seems like the Mavs really struggle defensively. So. You saw a little bit of that tonight. The team was more engaged, especially after that horrible start. And, uh, you know, they, they got it rolling and got a big win. But next up, Austin, how you doing, man? Doing good, guys. I appreciate you having me up here. Yes, sir. What you got for us? Man, I think uh, I think we could, you know, Tim had a great night. But, I, you know, kind of like you guys said, it seems like we could probably – refer to this as the Josh Green game. Uh, I, I'm kind of nervous that we might not win it without that energy that he brought in the second and third quarter there. What, what do you guys think? I mean, look, I, I've been a huge Josh Green fan from the beginning. Uh, I I really love his potential. I feel like he sh- there's times this year where he should have gotten more minutes than, than what he has so far. Um, and I, I mean, I really believe when he has a full NBA off season, uh, this summer and he's got summer league and, you know, a full training camp and you have that, you have a lot more time in the off season to work on your game than you did coming into this season. I think it was just a really hard year for rookies overall. And, you know, the Mavs, like I said before, the Mavs didn't think that they were going to be hampered as much on the offensive end from that Jay Rich trade as they were. So that that was one that was some of the reasoning behind taking Josh Richardson I mean uh uh Josh Green at number eighteen in the draft because they knew he was raw offensively, but they wanted to add defense and they know that his offensive game will eventually come. But the offensive part's gonna be a couple years off. And because the Josh Rich Richardson trade didn't go the way they thought it would and he's shooting a career low from three that's why it's like people are questioning oh why didn't they why didn't they take Sadiq Bay? <laughs> you know a, a guy who can shoot threes right off the bat but I mean I mean come on I mean long term you can still see the potential and I mean he Josh Green has the second highest defensive rating out of all rookies this year only second to uh Manuel Quickly in New York I believe so, um, hold on just a second. All right, that was a good question, Austin. We're gonna y'all y'all feel free to hang out and uh in the room here, and we'll bring you back up to talk. The next guy up here is our guy DeAndre. How you doing, man? Hey, what's up there, dog? How you been, Matt? <laughs> doing good. Hey, so I uh, so let me let me see if I get this straight. Um, so Tim Hardaway uh, drops forty two on the Pistons last week, right? Did not play against right. the Wizards. Did not play against the Kings. 
comes back in the Heat game and literally is one three-point away from the franchise record. Man, oh, that's it, it's just a, I, I whenever I see these things and um it's I, I have a I still have a bit of taste in my mouth about the King's loss. We should have had THJ in that game, but I mean that's 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 the past is in the past and I mean we can look at tonight. It's just, it's, it seems that whenever Timmy is in this game and his and any of his family is in it, he's going to drop huge games. He's going to drop huge games, and that's just. Yeah. I mean, I like you said earlier. I just I just like to call a petition to have all of his family uh, relatives in either the AAC or whatever they playing at a, at a weight game. I mean, good lord. Uh, but anywho, I I have a strong I have a strong opinion. Uh, TSJ, six men of the year. Do you do do you and Matt see that as a potential um, as as a possibility? Uh, he gets some votes for uh, six men of the year. I could see him getting some votes, uh, but as far as as far as you know, having any chance of winning it, I think Jordan Clarkson has been so good with Utah that uh, that I, just, I don't I don't think he'll have a legit chance to win it. I, I do see if the Mavs can hold on to the fifth seed, and you know if he finishes out the season like he has these last two games he's played in, <laughs> I think he could uh, he could actually get him a couple of votes there. So uh, I do say, what do you think, Matt? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same. I think he'll get a couple of votes, but. Um... I don't. I don't think. I don't think he's really got a legit chance at that. I agree. Jordan Clarkson's probably your best bet there, um, which is a shame because Tim has been fantastic. But and look, people know. people are talking to chat right now saying that Ingles should win. He's actually better than Clarkson, which I agree with. But uh, I think the I think the narrative of Clarkson and how well he started out the season, I think that'll you know carry over and. Uh, he'll eventually end up winning it. But anyway, that's that's just my opinion. But good question. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Andrick, uh, we appreciate you coming on. Long-time listener, long-time uh, supporter of us. You're, you're one of our day ones, man. We appreciate it. Hey, no problem, man. No problem. And hopefully, Matt, 
to get his dang Twitter. <laughs> yeah. It'll be great uh, to see. It'll to be get... great to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, 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 we don't have much hope left for that. I mean, they, they Blue Wire claims that they've uh, talked with, with Twitter about getting it done, but I'm sure they have like a million other things going on. Who knows? Maybe sometime this summer, Matt will get his Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe sometime before I turn. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but we appreciate it, Dion. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it's Mike. As you know, I adopted my pup Rocky from a local rescue. Now, when people ask me what kind of dog Rocky was, I was always stumped. I used an Embark Dog DNA test to decode my most puzzling questions about Rocky. You can also learn about your dog's inner secrets with Embark, the highest rated dog DNA test. Unlock over 350 breeds and screen for over 200 genetic health risks. Save $50 on a breed and health kit with promo code KIT at EmbarkVet.com. Again, that's promo code KIT. Uh, next up, we have Matt Phillips. How you doing, man? Matt, you there? How are y'all? Yeah, I'm good. How are y'all? It took uh, me a second to give me. Doing a good. How about yourself? What What you think about that win tonight? Uh, I was very happy. So on the Josh Green stuff, I think the best comparison for him, the ceiling, is Golden State Andre Iguodala. Uh, not a great shooter, but a great defender. Very physical. That can that can switch up if he needs to and is a great passer because green is going to develop into a really, really good passer. Like he had several, like the one where Luca threw him a lob that he had to jump out of bounds to catch and then kicked it out to JJ, which JJ missed the three, but that's a really high level pass. And then he had several other plays, one where he kicked it out to Tim Hardaway jr. Where he made a three. Just, I think that's the, the ceiling for him. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And I mean, look, what, what's your take on, you know, how the Mavs viewed drafting him. I mean, are, are you okay with them taking him at 18th and, you know, playing the long game as far as his development, or would you have rather them gone for a more offensive-type guy? Uh, I have been on record in Kirk's podcast with this. Of I'm happy with them taking him. I just wish that the front office and Carlisle were more on the same page, where if they were going to take the right. project, Carlisle would have agreed to play him 10 to 14 minutes a game no matter what. Um like, I remember this is a completely different player type, but I remember when Tony Parker was a rookie. I remember Greg Popovich playing him through all of his struggles on a team that I believe won the title. Um, like, just sometimes you have to play young players even when they do stupid stuff, and that will always be rough for Carlisle. So I just wish they had they had chosen to do that. And on the Sadiq Bay front, he can shoot and do absolutely nothing else at an NBA level. He is a yeah. terrible <laughs> defender. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Sadiq. Go ahead. About about 36 of those 42 that Tim Hardaway scored against Detroit were on Sadiq Bey. Like, when people talk about him, like, they're just not the same type of player. Sadiq Bey is a Davis Berton starter kit. He's not a 3 and D wing. Right. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen a lot of clamoring uh, on Mavs Twitter for Sadiq Bey throughout this season. And, uh, you know, I don't watch a ton of – 
Pistons games. I mean, that's obvious. I only I watch them when they play the Mavs, and then sometimes if you know if they're part of a good game, I, I have a league pass and I'll turn it in and you know watch them a little bit there. But from what I've seen this year, like you said, he can get hot sometimes. He can hit some threes, but uh, he just doesn't have the tools defensively that Green does. I think that's what's going to create uh, a really at, at worst at worst a really strong rotation player and possibly a starter going forward you know if he can continue to develop his his offense but he has a great base uh with his defense and it it's just stuff you can't teach you can't teach people to you know bring energy every time they're in and dive on the floor and stuff like that uh so i'm really encouraged by what he showed tonight and what he's shown, you know, in flashes throughout this season. I think if there was ever a season where he should have played more, you know, as a rookie, it probably should have been this year, uh, especially after they had all the COVID stuff early on this year uh, with Josh Richardson. Uh, like I said before, he's unfortunately shooting a career low from three. I think it's like 32%, which would be almost three points. Uh, I think it's like 2.5 points lower than his his next lowest. So it's unfortunate, but I really like the potential in green, and I hope that uh, I hope that Mavs Twitter can be more you know uh, patient with his growth going forward. Because, like you say, it's it's not green; it's how the front office presented green. It's like they 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 were saying that Green and Tyrell Terry were going to be you know day one guys. <laughs> By the way, the way they presented it. Does anyone know if Tyrell oh, Terry yeah. is still alive? Yes, yeah, he he is okay. I, I I posted this on Twitter earlier today, but I talked to Tyrell uh, last week, and he is fine. He, he he's doing okay. Uh, it's very unlikely that he's you know going to join rejoin the team uh, for this season, but uh, he is doing fine. I mean, personal reasons are or personal reasons so he we we didn't get into all that but uh he did tell me he's doing okay and you know so people don't have to uh have to worry about that hopefully he has a full you know nba off season and gets to you know clear his head and everything and have a more normal year next year but yeah he he is doing okay <clears throat> yeah there, there's more uh, stuff than than sports so as long as he's you know whatever we don't necessarily need to know about that i'm just glad to hear that he's okay <laughs> Man, it's it's been such a rough year for everybody. You you can't blame it. Yeah, you, know, you can't blame guys for uh, you know, just kind of getting overwhelmed and everything. I I like I said, I, I think once he gets a chance to take a step back and, you know, recharge this this off season and play in summer league and all that, I think he'll have a much more uh productive sophomore year with the Mavs cuz I mean, I he was projected as being the steal of this draft. Uh, by I think it was uh, Kevin, Kevin and so he had a lot of expectations going into this year and it just you know it just didn't pan out and it, it's been a tough year for everybody but uh, Matt we appreciate it man uh, right, good stuff more. can I add one more thing on Josh Green before I go uh, yeah go ahead he is not a sh- yeah, while he's not a shooter in the 3 and D wing, one thing that we should have known from some other people is that playmaking can take the place of shooting and floor spacing. And you can see this. There's no better example than Draymond Green, which he is not obviously as good of a playmaker as Green, 
But if you can pass at an elite level, which for what kind of a player he is, I think he can and will continue to develop, that can take the place of of shooting as far as facing the floor. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right there, especially if, especially if it's consistent, you know, on a night-to-night basis. I absolutely agree. I'm very high on Josh Green still. I mean, I, I was high on him when they drafted him. I thought that was the best fit you know, uh, as far as what they needed defensively plus what he could turn into offensively going forward. And I I still see that being a a really good pick for them in the immediate future. Uh, Jared, how you doing, man? Yeah, good. Just an Australian guy enjoying the game from green today. It was um, good to see him get some uh, consistent – minutes to just show that he's um valid um maybe not rotation player yet but a valid option to give um the guys a rest over the next two weeks and just to yeah. prove that um prove it next year assume he can take take a step up in the off season that he can be a rotation player and the thing the thing that excites me about about what green showed tonight is it may not be on a night-to-night basis at this point, but he showed you that in a big game, he can give you moments. You know, it's like during the Mavs championship run in 2011, you know, there, there's only one game you can think of where Corey Brewer just had an <laughs> just had an incredible game uh, during that run, but it was a really big game against the Lakers, and it contributed to uh, them – eventually sweeping them you know it's it, that that's stuff that i think about so at least yeah, he's shown like, he, uh, trey he, burke. He, go ahead be like trey burke be like trey burke in the um the bubble and the first round where he, he right. just kind of came out of nowhere and um earned himself a contract basically um yeah but yeah help 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 the team gave gave them minutes that um other guys weren't weren't given and um gave them options Right, that's what they need. Yeah, and I mean, look, Trey Burke, he's been great lately, and I, I, I feel like he might end up being one of those secret weapons for the Mavs in the playoffs too. He only played seven minutes tonight, uh, but he was two of four for five points, and uh, you know he he really surprised me last year. I don't know if we've ever, I don't know how many times Burke has made the playoffs in his career, but you know that was a really encouraging. Uh, bubble and playoffs for him last year against the Clippers. I was, <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was watching. So I think if they get in a pinch uh, with whoever they play in the postseason and uh, see this, this is why I want, I'm kind of going off track here, but this is why I want the Mavs to hold on to the fifth seed and end up playing the Nuggets in the first round. Because I've said it before, it would be a nightmare uh, front court matchup, you know, with, with Jokic uh, on the Nuggets. But, you know, they would just dominate the guard play with Jamal Murray out. You got Luka, you got Jalen Brunson. We've already seen what Trey Burke can do. I mean, I just I, – that that's the matchup I'm actively rooting for right now, and I think it has a really good chance of happening. But, Matt, you want to contribute to this one? Yeah, I mean, I just, you know – my thing on um, on all the on on Green and him injecting this energy and all this stuff, I I think it's great, and I just I think people just I think they tend to forget that um, 
I mean, what is he? Nineteen, twenty years old. He didn't. He didn't yeah. have the full offs. And I mean, you know, we've talked about this a lot. And people, would, it's it's partially the Mavs' fault, obviously, because they they propped him and Tyrell up as like these two guys that were going to come in and contribute immediately when we should have known with Rick as the head coach that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's it's going to take him some time to develop. When 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 you draft a player, most of the time, unless they're you know a top lottery pick, most of the time it's going to take them a little. You know, it's going to take them a couple of seasons to to grow into themselves and to get used to the NBA game and to learn how to play basketball. And I think the longer the season has gone on, Josh has kind of figured out a few of these things, and you're seeing what the product of that is. And you know, it's it's going to take some more time. But you know, when everybody was pissed when he got all these people were pissed when he got drafted, and all these people were pissed when Desmond Bain started making you know started hitting forty percent from three right off the bat. That's fine. That's you know, and, and Memphis is in the eighth seed, and the Mavs are in the fifth seed. Would Desmond Baden made that big of a difference? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. Rick might not have played him. I don't know. But if you just give these things some time to breathe, then you can see the results, like you saw tonight. Rick gave Josh a chance, and he took he yeah. made the most of that chance, and hopefully he'll keep giving him these chances. And um, if he does, you know, maybe maybe you can make a big difference. Yeah, and look, I mean, if there's if there's one guy, and Jared, I'll I'll let you continue after this one, but if there's one guy that I look at, like, yeah, I really, I really, you know, could see them taking uh, that guy over Josh Green and it turning out better. I think Desmond Bain is probably one of those guys, but I'll, I'm going to put a asterisk on that because I feel like it would be it would be better like immediately like for this season uh if if Rick Carlisle would play him but for the future you know given that Desmond Bain is nearly 3 years older than Josh Green I just I still think Green has the the much higher ceiling and I think he'll reach it uh you know playing with Luka and having a a regular off season instead of you know going through all this covid crap we've gone through the last 12 to 14 months but uh, yeah, Jared, what'd you have well, there? Well, sorry, one other thing, real quick. I, I think that a lot of people don't understand how important summer league is to a rookie's development because that's when they they that's when they first get into the pro mode. That's when they first start learning about the system and they have time to to develop and learn everything. And to just Ooh. have none of that stuff, I think, was a big detriment to all the rookies, not just Josh, to all the rookies. Yeah, and it's not just it's not just like on the floor either, because like our guy right. Kirk mentioned earlier today, you know, the thing about summer league is you can put up big numbers and it it might not matter, but if you're bad in summer league, it pretty much means you know <laughs> the player is is bad. So you, it can tell you a lot uh, about guys. But just just getting getting along with the coaches, uh, you know the the assistant coaching staff and stuff like that, uh, bonding experience while in Las Vegas and everything. So, uh, I, I agree. I, I think that'll be big and look, we might be there. <laughs> we might be there this, this, this year. So, uh, y'all stay tuned for that. But Jared, you had something else you wanted to add? Uh, yeah, just one more thing, something to bear in mind with, with Josh is maybe that, um, I don't know if he's ever been the star player on a team. So I don't know. Um, I know he, he obviously grew up in Australia and he moved. I think he did the last maybe two years of high school in America. Um, and then 
I don't think he he wasn't really a star player on on his college team, so he's right. probably not gonna he's not gonna come in and just have the the skills and the confidence, I guess, to just start trying to dominate well, a game. I mean, so and I mean, let's, I think he's let's more be a, let's be honest. He didn't have the the best coaching in in college either. Uh, so college coaching is terrible. Yes. So, so I, I think that's going to help him a lot going forward, too. He's going to learn from – that's the thing about Rick Carlisle. He's a great teacher. He just – he demands so much from young guys, and sometimes it's just, uh, you know, it's just too much to handle. Like, I talked to Dennis Smith Jr. about um, his second year with the Mavs before the trade. Like, I, I just talked to him recently, and he said that – uh Rick Carlisle actually, like after the fact, when he came back the first time to Dallas with the Knicks and basically apologized to him for being so hard on him because he was, he was extra hard on Dennis and Dennis was trying to, you know, adjust to a role that he had never played at any level in his career, high school, college. Uh, he, he had never played as much off ball as what they were wanting him to play with Luca. And he was trying to adjust to it, and he made strides defensively, and it just, you know, everything just kind of, you know, blew up from there. But, uh, but you know, if you can stick with Rick Carlisle, if you can handle his uh, his toughness on on rookies, uh, you know, they have a chance to learn a bunch from him and improve going forward. So, Jared, we appreciate it, man. Uh, I'm going to bring on Xavier now. Xavier, what's up, man? What's going on, Dalton? So, Matt, don't hate me. I'm going to poo-poo on Josh Green a little bit, but not too much. <laughs> so, here's, so, here's my thing. I, I, I agree with what a lot of you guys said, but I disagreed as well. So, I feel like, yes, I was encouraged by Josh Green's performance today, but I just don't feel like this is not the right roster for him to get significant burn, especially come playoff time, right? I think that in a season where folks are tired, teams are injured, yes, sometimes energy being your best skill can be the difference maker in a game where everyone's legs are exhausted. So on nights like tonight, absolutely he can be a difference maker. But come playoff time, I just think that his lack of shooting is just going to make life hard for everyone else. And so now next year, if we're able to get a secondary playmaker and maybe upgrade our shooting, then okay, maybe you can afford for Josh Green to be your worst shooter out on the court. But this year, our shooting hasn't been consistent enough to where it would make sense to give him consistent minutes, right? You can't have Green and Woody Cauley Stein or Green and another non-shooter on the floor because at that point, Lucas playing three on five. And so that would just muddy things entirely too much so i understand why rick has been hesitant um to give him consistent burn just because of how the overall team has played i think that's more of a reflection of the team that he has more so than his belief in josh green now but i think that there is something to at least at least lash on to moving forward to where maybe he's not a complete sunken cost and maybe he can be an asset for us in the coming years. I just don't think this is going to be the year where he really gets the opportunity, and I don't think it should be. I totally yeah. agree with that. Let, let me let me jump in real quick, Dalton. I, I totally agree with you, uh, Xavier. I just I don't think anybody really expects him to be a big con- playoff contributor. I would like to get him some, some more run down the line in the regular season just to give – some of these guys a little bit of a break um but typically and you know 
we all know this by now watching the NBA. I mean, when, when you get to the playoffs, rotations are tightened up. They'll play seven or eight players. And some of these guys will get cut out most likely. And there's, there's not going to be room for Josh Green. That's the, the games are too important. There's not going to be any room for him in there. So no, I totally not. agree. I just, I just want a little bit more potentially in the regular season so that, you know, maybe Tim can get a little less run on his legs or some, just anybody else really. And I, I think that just in itself provides value. I think, and I think, look, no, and I agree. Um, I would like to, but look, I remember Mavs Twitter back when we got rampaged by COVID and Josh Greening was Josh Green was getting burned, and man, I remember all the angry tweets. So we got to see Josh Green get some minutes, but um, but like I said, it's just not this year. I think that for this year, players like it's more important to get JJ ramped up once he's healthy and recovered from the heel. Um, but I'm excited for him moving forward and that's something that I wasn't willing to say when the season started so at least he's starting to change yeah yeah good stuff Xavier and look just to clarify from earlier I'm not expecting him to to play in the playoffs I just think like if they got in a situation like when hopefully this doesn't happen but you know if they get in a situation like they're down 0-2 and uh, Josh Richardson and a couple other guys just can't get it going, and they're just, you know, they're having a horrible time offensively as it is, uh, and they need a spark. You know, I could see him maybe, you know, getting some spot minutes, see if he could provide that same kind of spark that we saw tonight against Miami. I don't, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not thinking it's going to happen, but I could see a situation. Uh, you know, there are situations where I could see. Rick uh, rolling the dice a little bit and maybe giving him an opportunity. So uh, good stuff as always, Xavier. And uh, Matt, we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. I see our our room started uh, dissipating a little bit, which likely means that Kirk has started his room. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so uh, we appreciate it, guys. Uh, well, hold on, hold on. We got – hold on. Ben – we're going to let you in here and get a question in. Ben, what's hey. up, man? Hey, bro. Um, I actually didn't have a question, but I just wanted to thank the the Mavs for winning this game as a Celtics fan. <laughs> so thank you, guys. I can't stand the You're heat. Plus, they're close to Thanks. us. And I love Luca. So, I mean, let's freaking go. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no problem, Ben. No problem. Appreciate, I'm glad appreciate it a lot. <laughs> Y'all go, y'all go avoid the play-in. Yes, sir. Exactly. Thank you. All right, Matt, you have anything else before we take off here? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Well, guys, we appreciate y'all for joining another episode of Mavs Step Back Live. Uh, it always, always nice to come on here, especially after a, after a big win like what they had tonight. They're nine games over 500 now. They retook the, uh, the fifth seed for the time being. And the Lakers' next game is against the Clippers on Thursday. So, and LeBron's going to be out for that one, so the the Mavs have a chance to increase their lead, uh, given what the what the Lakers and Blazers' schedules look like, uh, you know, from here on out. So it's looking good for the Mavs. They still got to take care of business, but uh, so far, uh, aside from the Kings games, they've been just rolling people. So this will be an interesting end end of the season stretch and. Hopefully they'll end up in that four or five matchup with the Nuggets and, you know, 
<laughs> end up sweeping them or something like that. But <laughs> we'll get into that prediction or, you know, if it happens. But I really do think they would uh, they would end up beating the Nuggets uh, if they end up playing them in the first round. But, guys, we appreciate it. Be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite platforms. Uh, go join our buddy Kirk's room after you get off on this one. He's always got some great stuff going on over there. But we appreciate it, y'all. Y'all have a great rest of the night. Let me step back for a minute. 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 Hey guys, it's Mike. As you know, I adopted my pup Rocky from a local rescue. Now, when people ask me what kind of dog Rocky was, I was always stumped. I used an Embark Dog DNA test to decode my most puzzling questions about Rocky. You can also learn about your dog's inner secrets with Embark, the highest rated dog DNA test. Unlock over 350 breeds and screen for over 200 genetic health risks. Save $50 on a breed and health kit with promo code KIT at EmbarkVet.com. Again, that's promo code KIT. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.